you're listening to The Dirty Boots Show. Welcome, everybody, to The Dirty Boots Show. I'm today's host, Erin Westover, and today I am with Tara Lane. Tara is the Director of Business Development for Contour Engineering and the founder and president of the CRE and AEC networking group, Shotgun Sisters. She was the recipient of the Georgia Titan 100 Award for founding Shotgun Sisters, which recognizes the top 100 CEOs and C-level executives. Welcome, Tara. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I want to dive right into Shotgun Sisters, but I think to tell that story really well, we should hear a little bit about your background. And where I'd love to start is how you got into construction, how you got into the role that you are in now. So I started off in the construction industry uh, many years ago, and I was working for a company called Acton Mobile. Um, I believe they've had a few uh, mergers and acquisitions since then, uh, but they provide the job site trailers for superintendents who are on commercial job sites. I spent literally every day on construction sites in my hard hat and my steel toe boots and yellow safety vest, which at the time was way too big for me. It looked like I was wearing a dress. Now they have uh, a lot more uh, clothes that fit women in construction, (laughs) but great firm. And and that's really where I got my start Mm -hmm. in uh, the CRE AEC industry. And then that led into entering the geotechnical engineering world that I'm in presently. Wow. Geotechnical engineering world. Could you tell us a little bit about what that means and what that is? Yeah, so um, as mentioned, I'm Director of Business Development for Contour Engineering. Uh, Proud to say that we're part of UES, Universal Engineering Sciences now, which is uh, a nationwide company, so we have a much larger footprint. Um, And we're considered a geotech firm, but we offer more than geotechnical engineering services. So all of your due diligence on the front end that typically um, is secured through owner developers, um, it could be real estate attorneys or, um, or brokers, civil firms, et cetera. We do all of the environmental due diligence, which is phase ones and phase twos and brownfield investigations. And then of course that leads into the um, other part of due diligence, which is geotechnical engineering. And that is drilling borings into, into the ground to really see what the uh, conditions of the soil, you know, what the conditions are. Um, and then, you know, we work with, with architects and owner developer, you know, to see if uh, different foundation um, or peers, et cetera, um, need to be uh, changed uh, based on our, our discovery and, and findings in, in conjunction with the project. Then we move on to uh, actual construction, and that's where we do construction materials testing, third-party inspections, as well as non-destructive testing and building envelope and enclosure consulting and testing. So cradle to grave, um, we are a full service geotechnical engineering firm. Did you ever expect to get into this kind of world when you were at in university or anything like that? I didn't. I, I thought I was going to become a news broadcaster and I sent my tapes um, out all around the U.S. I actually was fortunate to have an internship at a middle market news station in Richmond, Virginia. And the tape was shot in their professional studio. It was a great tape. And I think that that sometimes things are meant to be. For whatever reason, um, the good Lord did not intend for me to go into into news broadcasting. I could do a a great imitation at cocktail parties. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting how I 
you know, ended up finding a job um, in the industry with Acton Mobile. And then I had a friend who was leaving a, a geotech firm to go to a general contractor. And I had built a lot of great relationships in the industry. And she said, I'm leaving. So I want to ensure that my replacement is somebody who works hard, has relationships and the rest of uh, the rest is history. You were very strong in building relationships in that prior role. And is that a huge area of focus as the uh, director of business development in your current position? Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, relationships are everything in our business and people, they want to work with obviously um, companies that are, are doing a good job. They want to work with people and companies that they trust. And when you build that, that trust, you've got a client for life. So I think the, that relationships are truly the foundation of business development and, and what we're doing at, at Contour as well as UBS. Awesome. And um, I, I, I do want to get into Shotgun Sisters, but I had questions about uh, your role in business development. And I guess the biggest one I wanted to get some clarification on is I know that business development can span across a lot of different areas. So what um, particularly are you in charge of in your role uh, for business development? I am in charge of building those relationships, being a liaison between the potential clients and clients and our engineers and, and staff, um, having an understanding of, of where the trends and, and where the industry is going and how we develop a strategic plan mm -hmm. to capture that. And um, I think a lot of people, they forget that your, your personal brand that you create is also your business brand as well. And I can touch on that and talk about that a little bit later when, when we talk about um, about Shotgun Sisters as well. Um, and there are, there are different types of roles. So you have a marketing role and marketing works in conjunction with, with business development. Uh, marketing, those are the incredibly talented people that know InDesign and they are you know, creating the RFPs and they're creating sales slips, et cetera. They may be in charge and involved with um, conferences, et cetera, doing social, social media. Then, you know, business development is more of a, a consulting type of role as opposed to a position that would be outside sales. You know, somebody going door to door, not that anybody's selling vacuum cleaners anymore, but there's a, a, a difference between those types of, of roles. I think outside sales is more transactional, whereas business development is longer term and it's more mm -hmm. relationship based and really getting to know your, your clients. Were you working in this role when you had the idea uh, to start Shotgun Sisters? Because from, from and, I, and I would love to, to hear more about Shotgun Sisters, for, but from my understanding already, relationship building, getting these women together is at the core of kind of its mission. So let's start there. You, you know, here you are at um, Contour Engineering, I'm assuming, and you say, you know, I'm doing it. I'm doing so much already. Why don't I add something else to it and start a whole organization? <laughs> no, but um, but you were. Yeah. What brought what brought this on for you? So I, I should go back to the year 2012 when the song Call Me Maybe was a hit, if anybody remembers that. I was working uh, for Acton Mobile at the time, and my boss in a conference, uh, in a meeting in the conference room said, we're registered for the ABC 
annual play shoot tomorrow. Uh, ABC Associated Builders Contractors, great organization. They have a couple of play shoots a year. In fact, most of the organizations in our industry are, they, they may still do golf, but almost all of them are doing sporting plays. He said, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but one of our employees can't go. It was an all-male team. He said, if you're comfortable, we'd love to send you, but it's up to you. And he gave me an opportunity to say no. He gave me an out, but I said yes. And mind you, I had never shot sporting clays. I had shot BB guns at summer camp as a kid. I had shot, my late father had a 44 Black Powder Walker Dragoon handgun. He'd have to stand and hold my shoulders. I'm still tiny, but I was really small then so that the recoil wouldn't knock me over, kick like a mule. Um, I'd shot a couple of shotguns with him through the years, but only at something stationary. So I Googled everything I possibly could get my hands on about sporting plays. I wore a fishing vest to my first shoot because I didn't even own a shooting vest, but I, I saw in videos that people were wearing vests to put their ammo in, in the pockets. And it turns out that I liked it. I was pretty good for my first time out. And after that shoot, a woman came up to me and she said, is this your first time shooting? And I said, it is. And then she asked me if I liked it. And I said, I did. So she handed me her card and said, call me sometime if you ever want a lesson. And the guy next to me said, do you know who that is? And I said, yes, that's, that's Casey Atkinson who runs Cherokee Rose. He said, not only is she Casey Atkinson running this facility, but she was the, at the time, the number one female play shooter in the world. He said, she does not need to solicit for lessons. So I would take her up on it. So I did. Um, and I started participating in play shoots in the CRE AEC industry and uh, started to get fairly good and was winning, you know, some of the awards at, at these various industry play shoots. And then a few women in the industry said, I want to do that because when you're out there winning, not only are you networking and building relationships for your company, um, but afterwards, these organizations who have thousands of people in their email blasts, they're putting your picture and your company's name and a photo of you with the trophy and uh, you're, you're highlighted on, on social media. So um, it started off eight years ago, myself, Aaron Rabel of J.E. Dunn, Amber Armstorff of Multivista, and uh, Wendy Mitchell from SDL, Stanley D. Lindsay. And it was just four of us. I went out, taught them how to shoot. Afterwards, we started sharing some project leads. And I said, you know what? We should do this every month. And I can guarantee in a year, I can get you out there shooting safely and well. Aaron and the others, they're winning tournaments. Um, and I'm just, I'm so proud of them, but it was organic the way that it grew. And we were incredibly intentional about the industry women that we invited into the organization. And that's how we have, we've grown through the years. And I always say, I may have started the organization, but it's truly the women that, that make the organization. Mm -hmm. And that's how I think, you know, you're onto something when it's like, you don't even have to really try and it kind of takes off on its own and you can't really ever plan for that either. You can only kind of go with what, you know, feels right. And for you, it seems like the trajectory that you were on, um, kind of 
yeah, all of this was a result of that. And I guess the biggest question I have is when you were out there shooting, did you find that anything about your role or kind of your leads or even the relationships that you were building, did you find any benefits from being out there shooting with all the guys? Yes. Um, not just from, you know, shooting at industry tournaments, because those tournaments have such a, um, a great turnout of people from our industry, but also um, within Shotgun Sisters, 80% of my business here at Contour UES has come from Shotgun Sisters. And sometimes there are members or guests of members that can sign our contracts directly. And other times it's through cross networking because you could meet somebody in the group and maybe they work for a flooring company or another type of firm but when you build those relationships and cross network, um, that's that's how you end up growing your network and, and meeting more people and more owner developers. We have a great cross section within the group of mm -hmm. owner developers, civil firms, brokers, tenant reps, um, project management firms. We have architects and general contractors, as well as other types of firms that, that support the greater Siri AEC community. And aside from this group doing so much for the women, such as empowerment and um, mentoring and, and leveling the playing field for not just sporting clays, but, but women in sporting clays in our industry in, in particular, that uh, targeted networking, um, the relationships that we build personally and professionally have, it's just been amazing how that has expanded as our group has grown. Um, the other thing, you know, is the camaraderie and the trust that we build in the group. And, you know, all of that leads to, like I said, people want to work with people that they, they like and they, they trust. And all of that leads to, to ROI, uh, the return on investment. Mm -hmm. And since you guys started, how big is, uh, how, how many members do you have now? So we've got over 400 women on our master list. And I believe at last we were close to 70 some members in the Atlanta chapter. And we have a startup chapter, a satellite uh, chapter over in Savannah. And when I retire one day, um, we'll certainly look at becoming a national organization. For now, we're just focusing on the Southeast and we'll be opening some other chapters over the next few years. Awesome. And I guess a burning question I have as well is I love that, you know, you said yes to going to shoot, to go to clay shooting, even though you didn't know you were Googling it to find out what you had to do. I feel like that shows so much confidence. And, you know, I can imagine that starting Shotgun Sisters was in part because you wanted to lift. Yeah, as you said, lift other women up. But what do you what do you attribute your confidence in the industry to? Have you been lucky enough to have mentors that have kind of guided you or have you always been kind of a go-getter or what do you attribute your confidence to? Uh, it's a combination of both. Um, you know, my father uh, got me out there, obviously shooting guns. Um, I grew up riding and showing horses in Virginia. We did schooling and a circuit shows. And, you know, when you're, when you're riding horses and because I was small, I was always the one breaking and training ponies. So you have to be pretty tough when you're thrown off in the, in the dirt over and over riding. My grandfather was also who I spent a lot of time with. He was a Marine in the fourth division and he fought in Tinian, Iwo Jima 
in Saipan, which as you know, are some of the bloodiest battles of, of World War II. And when I tell you, they don't make them like that anymore. They don't make them like that anymore. Um, and I spent a lot of time with him as well. So my confidence, um, I attribute that to, to them and my riding trainer who was born in 1901. And she, she never married and she ran a business starting in the 1950s onward when women just didn't do things like that or rarely. So those were my main role models outside of the industry. And I, I've certainly through the years had some wonderful mentors within our, our work industry. I, one thing I'll say is that you can always learn something from someone. There's always a nugget of information. And that goes back to the different people that I trained with um, at Shotgun Sisters. But there's a nugget of information that I learned from every single sporting play instructor I had. Um, you can learn from people who are younger than you in the industry. You can learn from people who are, are older than you. So hopefully I didn't ramble on that answer. No, it is impossible, Tara, for you to ramble on this podcast. That's what we want. I, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, and you touched on it a little bit, but I would love to hear, you know, what are some of the benefits that um, the women in Shotgun Sisters are experiencing from coming together, learning how to sh uh, clay shoot? What, what have you heard so far? What are the results from getting these ladies together? One of, one of the things that I love is, especially when they're younger, and they're first starting out in our industry and in business development. When you see someone who's A, new, and B, they might not, they might be a little on the quiet side. To watch that person grow um, personally and professionally, to watch these women get promoted, to watch them learn a skill that they may have been terrified about. Um, no experience is necessary, so we get. We have um, professional trainers and safety is such a, a huge part. I can't stress that enough. Safety is, is such a big part of our, our culture as well as, you know, our mission and core values of charity and targeted networking and empowerment. But to see these women come through the ranks and watch them, you see on LinkedIn or we're partnered on a project with on a big project with them and to watch that growth and the empowerment. Yeah. To me, that's incredibly rewarding and um, I love it. And, you know, a lot of the members in the group, we end up networking outside of the group too. And we'll get together and we may, it could be a happy hour that we plan, or we plan to bring uh, a variety, a cross section of owner developers together and, and put on a clay shoot uh, for client appreciation, or we're, we're looking to pursue new work. So this organization, it's, given these women an opportunity to grow um, and to do things for their community and to bring work in for their business. I think we're a little different than other organizations because we take the time, we're a little bit smaller than some of the larger organizations out there. And so our members really get to know each other. We had a, a woman in our organization that there was a shortage of baby formula of all things. And she just asked permission to for me to send out a message to the entire group. And I did, and within an hour, we had one of our members in Atlanta shipping baby formula to her daughter, it was Minnesota or Michigan, um, things like that. And you certainly bond and get riled up when you're um, learning how to, to shoot and, and get good at, and when you're working together in the trenches with charity work, 
which is very important to us. Um, I love seeing that as well. And I think that's a benefit. Yeah. And, and the charity work, I, I wanted to ask about that because, um, you know, as I, I kind of playfully mentioned before, you, you have a full-time job and you, you are going out of your way. You're dedicating time to this other organization that you're building. And, and I feel like that's the same energy that kind of goes into this desire to volunteer and to, to, to dedicate your time that way. So could you tell us a little bit more about the volunteering that uh, you guys do over at Shotgun Sisters? I'd love to. I will say uh, that I'd love to give a shout out and a huge thank you to our amazing board of directors and our social committee, because uh, without them, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I do most of my uh, Shotgun Sisters uh, work in evenings and on weekends, but you know, it's, it's, a, it's a passion. I wouldn't have it any other any other way, and I wouldn't be able to do it without the mm. incredible women in our industry who are who are with me in this all year long. So um, the charities that that we've done, we have an annual charity gala every year, and last year we supported my sister's house, which is part of Atlanta Mission, and they help battered women and children who require emergency services and housing. This year, we are benefiting an organization called Beloved, and they work with young girls and women who are trying to get out of um, sex trafficking and prostitution. And by the way, in terms of charity, sometimes it's financial and sometimes it's our, our time uh, and, and labor. Uh, but we've done stuff for Meals by Grace. We've supported American Kidney Services, Fur Kids, and we've also... Outside of the charities, I, I do want to mention that we partner with other industry organizations, and, and we're proud of that. We just did a half-day women's conference with Crew this past June, and the theme was diversity and inclusion, which is um, important to us as a group. We're always uh, striving uh, um, for that as well. And we have partnered with AIA. We did a, a shooting clinic for them, and we partnered with CMAA for a joint social, which was great networking on the rooftop of Pont City Market. And um, I put together last year a suicide awareness and, and prevention seminar. And I did that not because I've just because I've lost friends personally to suicide, but because the statistics in our industry are alarmingly high for suicide. So I felt that that was um, important to do and, and showcase and, and get as much participation as, as, as we could. Uh, we opened it up to the entire industry and we do have events that men are invited to as well um, throughout the year. Um, and within the group, uh, we have a lot of fun. We do an annual crawfish boil um, and our volunteer days and in our gala as mentioned. And river tubing, if I didn't say that. You didn't. That sounds like fun. You guys are doing good, but also having a good time as well. This is wonderful. Um, wonderful to hear. Um, I also wanted to ask about the, because you came up, the training program that the, that the women go through in Shotgun Sisters. I would just love to hear um, about the, uh, the training program that you created and, and, why, and why it kind of sets itself apart from other programs. I've, uh, I've been very fortunate. I trained with Casey Atkinson, as I mentioned, who was the number one female clay shooter in the world. Um, I trained with Luke Deschatel, who was a four-time world skate champ. I trained with Demas Nunez, who was the top U.S. veteran shooter and top shooter in various states. And I could list uh, 
some other amazing trainers as well. And I literally took all of that knowledge in the training that I went through with the world's top trainers and I customized it and I made a hybrid program, so to speak, of everything that I had learned and from my own personal experience of shooting clays for so many years and created the program that I've been using, which is incredibly successful. Um, I also read the book by Lanny Basham, who's a, an Olympic medalist, and Demas Nunes had turned me on to that book. Um, but I could go on and, and ramble about that particular book. If people want to take a look at it, they can. But that's also uh, the mental training that is that I've implemented in, into the program as well. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing I'd mention is that a lot of the women that come to us, they've had a bad experience. They got thrown into a clay shoot. They were shooting on, you know, a 12 gauge, a gun that was way too big for them. They were in a t-shirt and didn't have a pad. No one looked to make sure they were, you know, mounting properly. So it felt like they got punched in the face 50 to 100 times. And as a petite female, I can tell you that, you know, gun fit is incredibly important. So is the right ammo, uh, low recoil having the right stance and the right mount and the right gun and the padding. And we don't keep score at Shotgun Sisters. It's a, a supportive environment uh, with professional trainers come in and we, we just want to make sure that the girls are being safe and that they're having a good time and networking. And, you know, like I said, some of them have gone on to win trophies and they're killing it. We have others that, they come and they're decent shots, um, but they're just there for the networking and, and, and fun and in a safe environment. So, I love that. That sounds like so much fun. I am in the same boat. I've never shot a gun. I also don't know how to play golf. And those are two things that uh, in construction, a lot of the events, we either go to go golfing or shooting clay shooters. So um, I love that. And I think it's also hard to know sometimes where to go to learn. And I think a lot of women don't want to ask, you know, for, for any, I don't know, they, it's hard to always ask for help or to admit that you don't know what you're doing sometimes. <laughs> so I, I see so much value in, in this organization. And you've been in this industry for a long time. You're in this really cool space. Um, you talk about retiring. I don't know how, I think that's a little way off still from what you oh, yeah. said, but from your time so far, what are some ways that you are seeing the, the industry change. Um, are you, are you, do you, I'm assuming in geotech, tech's in the name, are you seeing technology play a big role? Are you seeing, what, what are the ways in which you think your industry will change looking towards the future? If that's not too yeah. big of a question. You know, I remember the days when if you wanted to get somewhere, you were literally printing out in large font something off of MapQuest so maybe I am that old, but uh, technology has certainly um, improved and we have proprietary systems that we use for our field technicians and engineers and staff uh, communicating in real time. And I'll tell you, AI is, it's the hot topic right now. There's a, an industry organization that's having a networking event and the focus is AI and real estate and construction. I mean, AI is here. It's been here for a while, but I think we're going to see this exponentially increase and affect our, our, our work that we do. I think you're going to start seeing AI and applications um, such as, you know, um, pre-con and construction documents and uh, the design on the front end. I think you're going to see 
uh, predictive analysis with AI. And what I mean by that is particular to companies such as electrical and HVAC companies. You're going to see those companies using AI to get a sense of the life cycle um, and, and the finances involved with the life cycle of, of certain materials and products within buildings. I think that ethics, that's going to be a huge conversation. It is already, but increasingly, I think we're going to have to really look at the ethics and also look at, at laws that are being put in place. If you think about when drones came out and drones were new, there weren't laws about airspace, et cetera, about drones, and now everybody's using drones. And I think AI is literally going to revolutionize all sectors. Sometimes I think construction can be um, slower uh, to embrace change. Um, not always. I think it depends on the company and what it is, but that's just a, a general statement that I don't know if, if construction firms and the industry at large are really considered early adopters. Um, but I also talked to people uh, on another note that are concerned about AI and they don't want I'll be back, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Terminator scenario to happen <laughs> where all of the Arnold Schwarzenegger and all these robots are, are trying to, to attack us. So hopefully we don't get there. Hopefully what AI will do for us and our industries is it will enable us to streamline processes and come in uh, early and on budget or under budget. Mm-hmm. I know I'm the same. There's a part of me, you know, I just recently rewatched the matrix and I'm like, Oh no, it's the beginning of the end right now, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, we could, I, there's so many benefits, you know, um, making sure that we're more accurate with our yeah, forecasting, with our predictions, being more focused on knowledge work rather than just like kind of, you know, data entry and pushing things through. Um, but I can't imagine AI doing what you can do, Tara. You know, you need to be, uh, relationship building takes a human being. <laughs> and, um, and that intuition part too, that AI just can't do. <laughs> I think you're right about that. I, I could use AI to help with our uh, registration system sometimes. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Wonderful. Well, geez, I that's that's the end of all the questions that I had. It was such a pleasure to chat to you, to get to know you, Tara. I think that the work that you're doing is so valuable. I'm interested. I want to spread the word. We'll make sure we spread the word on our end about Shotgun Sisters. I'm excited to see you guys expand. Um, and yes, just once again, thank you so much for taking your time out of the, your day and, and chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Erin. I just appreciate the opportunity so much and enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Dirty Boot Show. To keep up with the latest podcast updates and highlights, follow us on social media.